Well, good afternoon and welcome along to The Pastor's Heart. My name's Dominic Steele and we're live every Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock talking to a senior Australian Christian leader uh, about how we can engage in the ministry of Christ Jesus better. And uh, today we're thinking about the whole subject, not so much, if you like, of evangelism and reaching out to the outsider, but how do we better minister to those Christians that God has given us the responsibility to care for? And my guest today is Anthony Barakoff and uh, old friend. Good to be with you. Good to have you, mate. And uh, Anthony is the senior minister of St. Matthew's in West Pimble, uh, which is a church close to my heart. I was a student minister there. In, and I came after you yeah, back 90, in the 90s. Yeah. I was there in 95 and you were there in 96. And seven, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although now you, of course, are... Um, are leading the, the ministry yeah. there. They wanted me back. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Not so me. <laughs> no, very happy. Now, mate, um, you've been spent four years researching the, uh, the whole topic of um, Christians and how frequently they go to church. Um, we mm. go to church. Mm. Um, uh, what have you discovered? Yeah, it came out of, um, everybody knows that the non-Christians or the nominals have left the church since World War II on. But at the same time, the Christians have changed their attendance patterns. You can talk to most pastors in the Western world and they'll tell you that um, the regulars used to come twice a Sunday. I remember Chapo saying that years ago, but now they come twice a month. So that's what I was observing and I researched that and I, I decided to find some committed mm-hmm. uh, Sydney Anglican Christians and ask them that very question. Mm-hmm. How often are they going? Why are they going that often? What keeps them away from church uh, when they are away and what can be done about it? So that's the kind of thing that I did. So how often are people going to church compared to before? Well, I didn't do a comparison because mm-hmm. I don't have the figures from before, but now in the last few years when I was measuring the data, our people report that they're going on average 84% of the time, you know, 8 in 10 uh, opportunities. Um, however, I asked them to report for the last month and the last three months and just to see what their answers would be. Mm-hmm. And there was a difference and, and, and a noticeable difference, actually. So for the last month, they said we go 87% of the time. And for the last 12 uh, weeks, last three months, it dropped down to 81% of the time. Mm-hmm. So the average is 84. So that, that gave me a bit of a hint. Maybe there's a perception issue going on as well. I, I figured the last four weeks was a bit more accurate than the last three months. And so given that difference, I then thought, well, I'll ask the pastors, I'll ask their ministers how often the same people are going. Mm-hmm. And they reported that they were going two-thirds of the time. Mm. So there's a big difference mm. in that. And that led me to think, well... That rings true for me. I mean, we're pretty careful on marking the mm. role. And, uh, and I can say we're pretty much 66, 67% of the time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the minister's and reported we're, average. We're average. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And our people think they're going more often. Right? They, 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 they see themselves going more often in the longer term, and our pastors see them coming less often than they think they are. I've heard of people reporting that they're more generous than they are in reality. Do yeah, you know? I think it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, there's a distortion in your mind. Me. What's going on? Idealistic distortion in my commitment to Christ. Yes, yeah. I think that's, that's what a phrase that I, I've come up with. That I think I'm more committed than I'm able to express it. Now, this should help us pastors because if your people are absent, it doesn't automatically mean they've given up the faith. It doesn't automatically mean it's the end of things because they, in their mind they're coming more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so this well, makes it tricky. To... Did, you, you did though some work on 
what stops people going to church and why aren't they coming? And so I'm, I've got a whole lot of questions yeah. on how to help people, but still on why are people not coming? Yeah, yeah. look, there's the, the factors within their control and there's the factors outside of their control. There's mm-hmm. illness, you know, mm-hmm. they're sick, their kids are sick, uh, they've got a work function, they're on holidays. And so in my research, the, the about, main about reasons... Rugby league games. Oh, <laughs> kids' sport, yeah, all of those crop, yeah. crop up. But do you put going to, taking kids to kids' sport as something inside the believer's control or outside the I believer's control? I think it is. I think it's inside, yeah. yeah. Kids' birthday parties, I put yeah. inside the, birth, yeah, the that's believer's right. control. Yeah. So, look, Dominic, if you, if you, do it, um, if you say, uh, account for it this way, mm-hmm. you take four weeks' holidays. In the Western world, yep. that means you're away. Yep. Four weeks... Let's say you're sick on two Sundays in the year. Mm-hmm. That's six weeks. Yep. Let's say you've got one, just one work function yep. in addition to that. Uh, and I've got a church warden's away four out of the next six weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, one is being super mm-hmm. kind. And let's say there's one family party and there's one other reason. Well, you add all of that up, our people can be away for those simple reasons for 17% of the year. Right, okay. That's a lot. Yeah, well, that's down to 84%. Yeah, so, so that's, that's quite then, a lot. But then there's other factors that pull you down to 67%. Right. Well, I haven't given you any account for Mother's Day or Father's Day or extra sickness or the kids' sickness. And so yeah. there's a lot of things in life that keep our people away from church. Did you, did you spot a discrepancy? I mean, working on accepting for a minute the premise that you're going to have more of a child-free group in the evening and uh, more people with kids in the morning... Did you see a difference between morning and evening? Uh, no, I didn't measure down to that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was could, didn't ask for that level of data. But if interestingly, I did do some demographic work. If you've got uh, one, two, three or four kids, you attend roughly on average. Five or more kids, your, your attendance drops. So <laughs> there, is a, there is a factor there at right. that level, but it takes that much um, interruption. I mean, five kids, any of them could be sick. Yeah, which means your rate, your chance of missing out on church is higher. Mm-hmm. But other people said, you know, I was at a car club outing. Yeah, uh, I was at a Katoomba convention. I was. Right. I mean, some of it is attending Christian conferences. S- some people reported, I asked them why, and some said, yeah, I'm doing that. Or uh, my husband's an itinerant. I had that. At, so there's a few. Not everyone's going to have that excuse, yeah. but but thing generally there, there's there's um, there's a commitment by our people, which is great. Mm-hmm. But at they're not as committed in their attendance as, as I think they used to be, you know, back in Chapo's day. Yeah. Okay. Let's. Um, I've got a couple of questions I want to take you to. Uh, one of them is from Mark Short, and uh, he's um, National Director of mm-hmm. Bush Church Aid. He's asking, is there any link between the regularity of attendance and the size of congregation, i.e. are people more likely to be regular if they know they'll be missed? And so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's thinking about the small church yeah. in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, that was a detail I didn't investigate directly. Yeah. But I think one of my conclusions is we have to have mechanisms, no matter what size, to follow up our people. Yeah. We, we need to be sure that they know that they are missed and loved. So um, smaller church might be easier to do than bigger church, but there are programs and things like that for yeah. a larger church to do. But I, I think it's absolutely necessary to follow up your people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking for myself. I mean, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, I went to the country um, to uh, work on the radio in Canada. Mm-hmm. I moved back to Sydney, and I 
went back to the church of my childhood, not having been there for a year and a quarter, and nobody said to me, hi, Dominic, haven't seen you for a while. Mm. Do you know? And actually that, that morning, counts. I decided not to go back. Do you know? Yeah. Um, so I asked... Um, you know, some people, I said, uh, how do you want to be followed up? They said, actually, we do want to be followed up by a pastor. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great to hear. That yeah. encourages me. But they also said... Well, I want to be noticed that I wasn't Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a sign that you love them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I just didn't feel loved, didn't feel valued. Yeah. yeah. Well, our people want to feel that love. Yeah. Um, and so asking, hey, didn't see you the last couple of weeks, is a good thing. Uh, and then they, they also said... We want to um, we want to know that you're caring for us, but without judgment. Yeah. So okay. they feel that sense of judgment. Well, we'll, as well. Come, we'll come to that issue in a moment, and and that sense of is there a sense of rebuke almost for not being there, and how do you what's the answer there? But uh, well, actually, um, let me go to Andrew Barry's question. Um, he's asked, what should our approach be to people who are irregular? Do we strongly warn them about the dangers of missing the gathering or warmly entice them to come more often? I think that we tend to do the latter when the former is more biblical. Do you, know, yeah. would you yeah. want to elaborate? Oh, very happy to unpack that, but um, let me just give you one more piece of data yeah. to, to answer that question. I correlated church attendance with spiritual growth. Yes. Tell us about that. So if you're not growing in your faith at all, mm-hmm. your attendance drops below the averages. If you're not growing it spiritually... I'm just thinking about the you correlation and causation. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, the, yeah, you, yeah. stats can't give you the answer yeah. to that, but uh, <laughs> us pastors want to work that one out. But if you're... If but you're, you're seeing a link between spiritual growth and attendance at church. Yes. Now, now I've, I've, I've been... It's, it's been argued, I've been persuaded that there's a link between personal, one-to-one, personal Bible reading, yep. reading the Bible every day, and spiritual growth. But you're saying there's a clear-as-day link yep. as well between Sunday. attending church yep. on Sunday, hearing yep. the word of God, and growing in your so faith. So if, you if you're not growing in your faith in the last year or so, your attends will have been lower mm-hmm. on average. And then the flip is also true. If you're really on fire, your attendance is will usually be higher. higher. Yep. And that correlation is clear. So back to uh, Andrew's, Andrew's question. question yeah. um, what that means is we do need to follow up our people. And we actually have the tools in the scriptures. Hebrews gives them to us. Yeah. Uh, because Hebrews is the only place in the Bible that actually mentions uh, those that Meeting, are not attending. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Hebrews has two tools. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there are other things, but they are the warnings and encouragements uh, yep. sections. So the, uh, the, the, the piece about not giving up meeting together, a sermon the habit of doing, comes in fact in the encouragement section. Mm-hmm. but is immediately followed by the strongest warning section of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to you know, listen to Hebrews and mm-hmm. listen to the Word and use these tools. There are dangers, friends, mm-hmm. if you don't come to church for your faith. Mm-hmm. And I can, I've got the stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come, and we can encourage people. Don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. And it's really interesting. In the first century, there were reasons to give up the faith, much more persecution kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. And there are reasons in our day and age, but the, the, the temptation not to be at church is just as strong, isn't it, mm. for both? So, Andrew, we need to use both tools. Um, 
Uh, I've read some of the American literature. Uh, they talk about, um, you know, when people join your church, you've got to do it at that point. That's the time to talk about membership and attendance and giving and so on. So with regard to attendance, they say you've got to do it then. And some of these uh, American Baptist churches talk about uh, covenants with your yep. people. You know, you'll give, you'll come to church, we'll pastor you, we'll pray for you, etc. Uh, that kind of a covenant. Uh, but I think you've got enough with the warnings and uh, encouragement passages of Hebrews. There's some two biblical tools mm. that would be great to, to use. I've got an interesting... Well, well Timothy Whitten uh, has has said uh, he's found the Pastor's Heart uh, videos helpful, thankful for them. He's got a question for our next discussion on attendance. How should culture affect our approach to attendance and lateness? Um, I don't know how much you did lateness, but no, I didn't. <laughs> as an English pastor of a multicultural church in London, it's very apparent that cultural backgrounds seem to have a big, atten- big impact on attendance and lateness. How do we work out what is simply cultural and what is the sinful aspect of culture that needs to be transformed by the gospel? That's a great question. I've got two parts to that answer. Firstly, um, your cultural background does affect. So I actually checked out if you're a first-generation immigrant whether yep. you would attend at a different rate to the average. Yeah. And you do. They do. Okay. Uh, they attend at a higher rate. And I, I think what's going on there is the desire for the preservation of um, my culture and uh, people I know and mm-hmm. to connect with people. By the time you hit second-generation Christians, they're at average levels. Yeah. Or just about. Mm-hmm. So it gets diluted kind of quickly. I, I, I'll go further. In terms of general culture, I think um, I, I read a, a, a guy called Charles Taylor who was yep. really uh, influential in this uh, space. Uh, he's written a book called The Secular Age and he has a thesis in there that this is the age of authenticity, the age where being true to yourself is what counts. Yep. And that means I do things for my reasons. I'm true to myself. Yep. And so the nominal's left. Yep. And I think that thinking is affecting the church attendance of our people. And so what I did was I, I asked a couple of questions which measured doing church for myself. So I actually asked them, I said, do you go to church in order to get or in order to give? Mm-hmm. If you go to church in order to get, your attendance goes down. Right. If you go to church in order to give, servant-hearted, Mark ten forty-five, your attendance goes up. And I think that's the, the culture of our day and age influencing committed Christians. It led the nominals out of the church and I think it's having an impact on Christians within the church, that they, they're breathing this ethos. The, the Christian is breathing an ethos of consumerism. Yes. And when um, people in my survey said, yes, I go to church in order to get, I could show you the correlation with their reduced attendance rates. Hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm just thinking then that has clear implications for how we do the pastoral ministry yeah. and how we establish, what sort of culture we're trying to pursue in our church, we're trying to pursue a culture where everybody has a servant heart to yep. give. And the more you can inculcate that through the teaching, through the pulpit and Bible study ministries, the more you can get that across and into the hearts of the people, of course, by the Spirit, the more likely they'll attend. In fact, uh, they'll attend 4% higher than, than the average. Okay, so um, let's keep rolling on things to do that will boost your church yep. attendance of your existing membership. So, so far we've got, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm a servant. Yes. I'm, I'm serving in the when church. When people so we, agree with that, they'll go more often. And so we want to see as many people as possible 
having a ministry of service mm -hmm. in the church. Now, does it matter if it's serving in the playgroup on Thursdays no. or serving in the band on Sundays? Do no, you know? no, no uh, neither. It, it doesn't right. matter. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming the band people are going to turn up because they're on the roster, whereas the playgroup <laughs> people may not be scheduled on Sundays. So it's part of this, um, I'm going to serve. I'm, 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 I'm the, in a community where we serve each other. Right, and I think that whole belonging aspect that we're talking about these days kicks in at this yeah. point. If I have a sense that I belong here, that I matter here, that I contribute here, that I can serve here for Jesus and so on, it helps. Mm -hmm. So the other factor that correlates even more strongly than um, going in order to serve is, is very similar. It's the deployment of your people in their gift area. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what's the distinction between I go to serve and you deploy in the gifts? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, one is an attitude of heart. Yep. Uh, it's for the question's sake. One is an attitude of heart. One is the implementation of that mm -hmm. uh, where, yes, my church is using me in my gifted areas. And if people say, yes, my church is using me, the attendance rates go up even more, 11% uh, higher than the average. Right. So, okay. it's a, so it's a big thing. So now, uh, pastors, you've got two tools. Uh, teach people at the level of their heart, of course, pray by the Spirit, that they go in order to serve, uh, and then deploy them in their gifted areas. And this is not give, put them on a roster so that they do something, so that they come. It's, that's not the space. We're talking about belonging and commitment yeah. and and. I, I matter to the kingdom because I serve at the playgroup. So actually, there's a really deep link between, if you think in those 5M categories, between mm -hmm. maturity and ministry. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yes, they're inseparable as it relates to this question. Right, okay. Um, I, I just realised, um, I didn't ask you earlier, and I should have asked you earlier, on the demographic question... Um, you, you, you told me a little about um, uh, five, more than five kids, your church attendance yeah. plummets, and I kind of guess why. <laughs> yep, but, but got have other... you got any other demographic yep. stats for us? So if you're in your 30s, you attend on average less often than the average. Uh, so it's harder that's in the, the worries 40s. of life, you think? The, I think the they're starting kids, to get yeah. into life and all that kind of stuff. Sick kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, more senior positions at work, that yep. kind of thing. However, the, a really surprising factor is that uh, work status does not uh, correlate. Mm -hmm. Right, so okay. If yeah. you're in full-time work... the Prime Minister elected last week. <laughs> you, he'll be at church. No, I shouldn't say. <laughs> but, um, it, see, I thought that the, the casuals, my assumption was before I started, was the casuals worker would find it harder to get to church because... They're doing shift work. Yeah. yeah. But rostered uh, on the in weekends. In fact, the casuals go a little bit more often than the full-timers. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. So um, what I take from that as a, as a minister is that anyone who uses work as an excuse all the time, there's another issue. Okay, yeah. Uh, this week, I was rostered on, couldn't make it, sorry. Uh, that's Okay, that's, that's the way it works. But when it's always the thing, then I, I, my pastoral radar is slightly alerted. Okay, so you've given me the two big things that I can do as a pastor to increase attendance. What might I either I inadvertently do to reduce attendance of my people yeah. or what might things might be going on that reduce well, attendance. And there are some things in the pastor's control that would have a negative impact on attendance. Okay. So, so uh, I don't want to do those things. No, that's so right. tell me what they so are. So if your people strongly, strongly are, un, are strongly unsupportive of your vision, they'll come less often. Yep, okay. Makes sense. So I've, I've 
become the pastor of a church, I roll out a vision, and the people aren't with me. Yep. Yeah. So um, they, they if, might if not they're leave, really not with you, but they'll be slack. Yeah. yeah. Or and they'll be not slack. Slack's the wrong word. They'll be. They'll just be not with me. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll affect their attendance, which is what I'm saying. So uh, vision. Uh, if they're unsupportive of the leadership, what's the difference between unsupportive of the vision and unsupportive? Well, they of the don't leadership? like you. Okay. Uh, so, great well, vision. Hypothetically, some yeah. other church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you as generic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he, we don't like him. We don't like the way he operates or what have you. If they, if they have a beef with you in some way, shape or form, it'll affect attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to strongly disagree with this person before it will affect. So, you know, I measured, you know, one uh, supportive right down to four unsupportive. The first three average, it's when you're very unsupportive that okay, that kicks yeah. in. Um, if you don't use people, if you don't deploy them in their gifts, and there's a sense of that being an active undeployment, yep. same again, they'll mm-hmm. come less often. Um, I, I even ask questions like... Um, you know the phrase uh, when we're trying to explain grace, you don't have to go to church and be a Christian. Oh, yeah, now this is, I've heard you speak on this, that you think some of our language yeah. of, I'm wanting to say it's God's free gift. You yeah. D- if there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you have to do, it's all free. No works. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And that. We're trying to explain grace versus works, but the, the impact of that is if you strongly agree with that sentence, your, your attendance rates reduce. So you, your advice to me would be to keep preaching grace. You don't want me to stop preaching grace. Of course. <laughs> um, but drop that phrase. But use a different illustration. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it's helping. What, okay, what illustration? I mean, give me... Oh, Grace? Uh, yeah. You, you're a help. preacher. You must have a heap of... Help heap. me, Baz. <laughs> uh, I've got another illustration. I mean, Grace, we've all got lots of yeah. illustrations, but I think you don't have to go to uh, attendance because, in fact, whenever you go down the religious kind of works, yeah. you, you need to say, you know, you're not saved by your prayers, you're not saved by your church attendance, but these are good things to do. Right, okay, no, yeah, okay. But they're the fruit of faith, not the um, the works for uh, righteousness. Okay, they? So right. I think we want to say more of that if you're going to use it. Um, uh, other, other things, um, if you um, don't deploy them in their gifted areas, they'll go uh, lower. And if they think the ministers are untrust, untrustworthy, and this is done in the context of Royal Commission uh, issues, if they think, oh, okay. you know, so, that will so, impact. So, so are we talking about my personal dealings with people or kind of a general kind of vibe that they might have? Uh, I think I asked individual people about their leaders, yep. so the question came out of that. Um, but I think um, the non-Christian in the, in the, at large will have their views about the whole thing. Yep. But you and your church, if they're unsupportive, if they don't trust you as a person or the leadership, perhaps the parish council in our language, uh, something like that, or the staff team, it has an impact as well. In right. a negative way. Yeah. So all of those things are in your control. They're the negative ones, but the positive ones uh, are the ones really to work on because you can boost I can, Yeah. And I presume that, I mean, you've just published this document, this uh, report that you've just done. Well, actually, I don't know if you've published it, but you've... No, I handed in the thesis. Handed in the thesis, but you've just kind of handed in the thesis. But, I mean, these ideas have been percolating in your head for several years and I'm imagining you started to change your pastoral practice 12, 18 months, two years ago, do you know, yeah. I mean, on, on some of the simple ones like how you preach grace and yeah. the application yeah. point there. Have you, have you kind of felt a shift in your work um, 
by deploying some of these things. Yeah, we, we, last year at our church, we did a, a huge focus on deploying people in their mm-hmm. gifted areas. Um, that's because Scripture says everyone has, a, has mm-hmm. a role anyway, so we had multiple reasons. I haven't actually yet tracked whether that's had an impact on our attendance since we've done that. But yeah, we, we're thinking uh, about doing that. We did... Uh, we, we, we got a book, we gave it out to people at church, we did it through the small groups, we did wrote Bible studies, and that's the kind of thing we did. Mm-hmm. And it should have uh, some fruit down the track mm. uh, because of that. Mm. Mm. Great. Anthony, thanks so much for talking to us about this. We're doing the pastor's heart. Um, and I want to talk, to kind of shift gears now, to your heart and God. And where's, where's somewhere that God has worked kind of significantly with you on uh, shaping, changing, developing you? The vulnerability piece. Yeah. (laughs) I don't love God as much as I want to love him. There are many other things in my heart that are not good. So so what am I trying to do? I'm trying to be more devoted to Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, not the disordered loves of Augustine. But um, I'll share something uh, similar. Um, I met a lady just last week who remembered me from uh, 20-something years ago when I led on a crusader camp, and she said, you were very helpful to me. Well, I couldn't remember her name or the camp or what I'd said to her. (laughs) Uh, But she had lost her father back then, and she said, thank you. Um, And I had forgotten that good little piece of ministry, but I haven't forgotten the hard pieces of ministry where I've, through my lack of courage or lack of wisdom uh, burnt people Mm -hmm. uh, or done the wrong thing by people. And I pray a lot for them. And one of the things that I'm trying to do as a result is to have more courage, uh, not to be so risk-averse. It's a hard thing. Mm. It's a hard thing. But, uh, you know, I, I think God wants me to be their pastor in those relationship contexts or the ministry context in order to bring the gospel to, to bear. And when I retreated or wasn't loving or loving God or loving them, yeah, they're, they're the things that cause damage. And, yeah, that's, it's not good. Mm. Thanks very much for talking to us today. Great. Yeah. Great to be with you. My guest this afternoon has been Anthony Barraclough. He's the Senior Minister of St Matthew's Anglican Church in uh, West Pimble in Sydney. Uh, it's been great to have him with us. Uh, next week on The Pastor's Heart, we're going to be talking about leadership in the Christian Church and wisdom in leadership, and Craig Hamilton is going to be my guest. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.